0: Hello and welcome. Here comes another podcast from your friends at Books of the Year. He's Matt and I'm yes. Simon. Can I just say, first of all, Liverpool are having a terrible <laughs> season and it's all going to fall apart. Oh, well, be, well, well, here's the thing. It must be so embarrassing
1: it's it's, it's, it's it's absolutely... I don't know any Liverpool fans who don't think it's all going to fall apart. So, you know, but eight points ahead and City have got to play all of they've got to play before Christmas. It's why people... Listen to this podcast. Yes, they
0: do for is our, to our hear insights. Football <laughs> chat, because that's the way. Because that's the well, way. Well, it it's
1: it's so good to be doing another one of these as we as we absolutely promised we would. Uh, helped obviously by the fact that I am currently out of work, um, yes. but but the fact that we can both get into a studio. How's,
0: how's that looking at the moment? It's
1: looking, you know. Like, I'm out of work, so... There must be lots of people sniffing I'm round. I'm sure, I'm sure they're all about to be banging down my door, but as it sounds right now, You no. could...
0: How about standing for Parliament? Because There's an it's idea. Not, it's not... As we speak, I think you can get your forms in in the next couple of days yes
1: uh would, I'd well. work you. yeah would you great okay yeah. well there's there's one option of me being in gainful employment before no that doesn't, Christmas.
0: That doesn't uh, It doesn't not really... does appeal it doesn't just people we've got some very influential yes. people who listen well to this you know something
1: that pays the bills that would be uh very i'll, I'll consider anything obviously available for does weddings. Does it have, to have a horse involved? No,
0: no more horses. No more horses? <laughs> no, more horses. no more horses. So if it does um, have invo- a yeah. horse involved, you're not
1: yeah, interested? Yeah, well, let's put it this way. I mean, obviously, I, I, I love all of our horses, and they're all great. I uh, had enormous fun with the horses for nine months. Didn't actually get on a horse at any point. Um, but uh, but uh, I think maybe that... that that let's, let's leave that wonderful time. It's a bit like a sort of holiday romance. had a wonderful holiday romance with my horses... Uh this is going down a is very road. very strange <laughs> really. But um but now let's leave it on the holiday. It what what happened with the horse has happened and it's all, it's all over so you know. What about you? What's going on? What tell us the latest about your book? Do you have an argument with the horse? I never had an argument with the horse. No. So where where are we with your uh with your espionage thriller? What what's um, the latest on that?
0: I have a book which is coming out. I think it's towards the end of May next year. Uh, we think we sorted out a title. We think we've we're just sorting out the artwork. Okay, and it's, I'm
1: assuming you're not in a position where you're going
0: to say the title yet. No, probably not. No, I don't. Okay, think so. okay. Even though it's actually on Amazon as this, you really? can actually pre-order it as this title. But I don't feel as I need. it. The words will not come out of my mouth because I think that would be misleading. So hang on, how have Amazon got the title of your book? I don't know, but you can order it. You can pre-order it. It's pre-order, stupid. What well, that is is just ordering it. So yeah. You can order it already, even uh-huh. though you don't know what it's about. In fact, it would be an enormous act of faith. So, uh, <laughs> so,
1: but the So the artwork you're still sorting out now? Yes, that's not down to me. Obviously, that's okay. to the,
0: that's down to the art department. But you
1: get a say. You'll say I'm yeah. not having that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That be, horse it's... has got to go for a one. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: there might be. Could be. A,
1: could <laughs> be a horse. Wow. Oh, Let's well, have a Jesus, look. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, no image available. That says here. Am I allowed to say what this title is, no. or should I not? No. no. Okay. Don't... It's a very good title. Do you think? Great... Yes, I'm glad you took uh, none of my advice on uh, on the title no, of the book. Now, now you know. Um... <laughs> you can order it. How much is it, by the way? How much is it? I think it was seven ninety nine, wasn't it? No, no, no price, no price at all, no, no price, price. Free no cover, free.
0: Oh, order wow. now. Why get, get on Amazon <laughs> whilst, now, everyone? stocks last. <laughs> you know, so it comes, out, it comes out next year. I've got one more edit to do. Probably. So it's not finished. Well, it is finished, but there's a the, the final edit is kind of like dots and commas and apostrophes and. Okay.
1: Uh, so you're yeah, not going to change kind of the thing. killers or anything like
0: that. That's that uh, stuff. Who it. knows if there are any killers or not?
1: Oh, yeah, it might be. Yes, apparently we're getting super production now. Go on. Weighs 503 grams. Well, worth the production there, <laughs> Ben. I'd like to say is worth every penny. So you know, worth every penny. So we know how heavy yeah. the book
0: is. <laughs> That's it. There is no other information available. Brilliant. Well, I'm looking forward to when's it out. End of May. End of May. Oh, well, let me check. What's it say there?
1: 11th of June. Apparently. 11th of June. Oh. Is it perfect? People picking it up in the airports on their way out. Assuming we can also oh, leave well, the country, though. Oh best
0: love radio presenters. Not. Presented the Simon May's Books of the Year podcast. Yeah, did it say that. It does. Wow, brilliant. On that, get, get us on. Eleventh of June. That's that's interesting.
1: No, eleventh of June is good. You don't want it too early. You want everyone still getting excited about it before they get
0: on their flights to Magaluf yeah. or wherever. There's a lot too much. Uh, it's too much. It's like that's like the trailer uh, for a movie, which gives away the final scene. Oh, uh, oh really? No, it doesn't. Way too much information. Oh. <laughs> Do, do Something you. about that, Ben. Really, if you could just get on that, Ben. Brilliant, right? Well, should we get into this one then? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. So, thanks very much Steve, for getting in touch, uh, which you can do via books of the year at yahoo.com and you can tweet us at books of the year. Correct. Matt's search for gameful employment, employment is subject number one. Andy Jones rhymes with Tandy Phones. Surely Scala could have a spot for Professor Orchestra Pit. Yes. With an omlaut over the O. Yeah. So that's yeah. Professor Orchestra Pit.
1: You see, I've been asked this a lot about <clears throat> the, uh, the sort of Venn diagram between classical music and rock. Yes. And all I can, I, I, I remember there is some viola, is it viola, viola? viola know. yeah. Viola. Uh, players who do a version of uh, Thunderstruck by ACDC. And that's that's all I know. Yeah. Of.
0: No. Well, I think the most important thing is to remember here. Is and I've been trying to find this. I've got a, a uh, an exercise book somewhere where Alan Freeman drew a Venn diagram for me. Actually, oh yes. And he wrote down he he used he used to say that rock and opera have a lot in common. Yes. Because it's over the top. It's flamboyant. Of It's course. extraordinary. You know, nonsensical. Correct. Yeah. Scandinavian. What Scandinavian Thor maidens? Oh right! Oh, I sit Thor and maidens. <laughs> yes. All of it. All of it. <laughs> you know, apocalyptic themes. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> So he, he said, you know, the, there's a lot of the pomposity in opera is similar Correct. to the pomposity in rock. So yeah. he said it was quite possible to like both.
1: OK, well, yes. I, I, well, I certainly do like So that, maybe so. there is a spot for Professor Orchestra Pit. Pitt. Yeah, let's go down that road. Uh, recent shows. Hello, guys, says Rachel. I'm just starting to catch up with George Allagia's episode, and I'm really relieved that Matt said if he hadn't had to read Young Chang's new book for the podcast, he would have given up at 50 pages. I feel really relieved and no guilt at missing out on that one at all. Yeah, thanks for your I'm sorry about that. I've listened to the hilarious Linda Leplant episode about four or five times. Good for you, Rachel. So I think that makes us quit. And she follows me on Twitter. Does that count for something? Oh, OK. I think Linda Leplant follows me on Twitter as well. Does she? Get me. Yo, Linda. Uh, best wishes all. And it's great to have a new episode with Ms.
0: Parks to look forward to this week. That's what we're doing Correct. in just a moment. Um... Amelia says, my favourite book of the year, because we we were saying, you know, Mm. what is your favourite book of the year here at Books of the Year? Philip Pullman's The Secret Commonwealth, which I've almost finished. That's me speaking. Yeah, yeah. I re-re-re-read his Dark Materials trilogy, and La Belle Sauvage, before reading Dust 2, as no one is calling it. And it was wonderful to spend so much time in Lyra's world again, or world's. I rushed through Dust 2 in a couple of days. It wasn't the story of Lyra I was expecting, and I had to reread it more slowly to fully appreciate the book. I am left desperate for Dust 3. My favourite audiobook was Kate Atkinson's Big Sky, the fifth Jackson Brodie thriller, read as ever by the ever lovely Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaac. Whatever happened to him. Whatever. I'm however. currently enjoying the older John Boyne book, The Thief of Time. Wow. Regards. What do you think of the, um, the BBC TV? I loved it so far. Yeah. I've uh, just seen the two episodes, and uh, I think they've done a fantastic job. I think it really, it, the, and the casting is impeccable. And the girl who is playing Lyra, she's got such an amazing face. Yeah. And Jack Thorne, Myle Mucker. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, um, who is? Uh, yes, he's written the screenplay for his Dark Material. Uh, for his Dark Materials, and he's also written the screenplay for my book, Blood. Yes. So, I mean, whether that gets made, I don't know. Could do, could well be. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Could, you know, maybe.
1: He's a say. very talented
0: guy, Jack Thorpe. And The Aeronauts, which uh, is out now in your local cinema. Oh, yeah. With Felicity Jones and the other guy, Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne, yeah. Uh, that's written by Jack. Really? And Yeah, and The Accident on Channel 4, that's uh-huh. written by Jack. I okay. Mean,
1: Good Lord. Taken over the world. Yes, he is, clearly. Um, this from Heather McGilvray. Rhymes with weather Look shivery. So Heather McGilvery. G- McGilvery. G- Heather McGilvray McGilvray. Is, What's the A doing in Whether there? Weather Look shivery. Do sort it out. Uh, to whom it may concern, there are some fancy novels which transcend genre, and you can confidently predict that they will become classics. Josiah Bancroft's Books of Babel are such books. Say that again. Bre- Josiah what? Josiah Bancroft's Books of Babel. Okay. Um Breathtakingly originally and... Original and beautifully written, the three books published so far introduce us to wonderfully complex and endearing characters who must extract themselves from bizarre predicaments. The world building is astounding, left me open mouthed with astonishment on several occasions. I was often moved to laughter and then to tears as the story progressed. If you are adding more to your list of books of the year, please consider *The Hod King*, *The Hod King*, which is the latest published of these books of Babel. (laughs) You will have found a treasure. Uh, uh, I think this is Adele coming yeah, into the studio. Yeah, but keep studio, going, keep going. All
0: oh, right, uh, that's Heather. Sincerely, Hello, Adele. Take a uh, Adele, you... do, you want, to sit there do or... you want to sit there? Do you want to sit there? Do you want to sit there? Do you want to go there? Okay, shuffle on right. round. Matt's in. just I'm finished reading an email. Oh, shall I? Have you finished that email? I've
1: finished that email. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to read something else. There, so Adele Parks is here. Uh, it's really lovely, though. it's, it it's is quite intimate, crazy, isn't, isn't it? Yeah. Here, uh, Marie Hullis. My favourite book of the year so far is The Beekeeper of Aleppo. Adele's forgotten her notes. She's forgotten about her book. It's her book. Christine D uh, says, Once Upon a River by Diane Setterfield. Wonderful storytelling about storytelling. And Sandra M, uh, because we're asking you about your favourite book of the year. And it's just a photograph of a book cover. And the book appears to be called Herr Sonneborn Getnacht Brussels. Uh, here, is,
1: I'm going to say that's something... Uh, something to do with the Brexity, European Parliament. Herr her Sonnenborn,
0: it? but it's got the European flag on the front.
1: So it's going to be Mr Sonnenborn, isn't it? Because that's what her means. Get,
0: get, Gents, gets, out, gets out, of out of Brussels.
1: Oh, I don't know. To, yeah, yeah. Something Maybe about, we shouldn't have done anything like that. Oh, dear. That. It's all right. very dangerous okay. as soon as you get into that kind of yeah. territory. So what's your what's, what have you been reading recently? Well, then? Adele Apart Park's from Adele's book, which Yay. is obviously fabulous. Lies, lies,
0: lies, lies is one of my favourite books of the year. That's why Adele is obviously. going to be... Obviously. <laughs> um, but I would, I would, s- I would say. I mean, uh, to be honest, I'm only halfway through this. Go on. But I actually paid for it. You're right, Adele. By yeah, the way, yeah, I'm very nice good. Hello,
2: nice to see
0: you. Uh, is the Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead? Oh,
1: uh, Colson Whitehead okay. wrote, yeah, yeah, yeah. wrote the Underground Railroad, yeah. which was one of my favorite. Is books. Is that out yet, or yes. have you been sent it? Yes.
0: No, okay. I, paid for, I actually, paid for it. I paid for you it. I paid. You actually paid. paid money. Money. Apparently, wow. Books cost money, and you go into a bookshop and you and you, and you, buy, and
2: you buy them. Hand over buy money. Them
0: and and then they give you a book in return. Yes. Anyway, it's 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 stunning. I mean, the quality really? of the writing is just amazing. So what's so, a because oh, no. obviously can you say anything about it? No, I don't really I don't know. I don't know. The characters are compelling. The story, I mean, it's quite a, it, you know, it's quite tough, but you kind of think, well, in the spirit of the Underground Railroad, that was tough, but it had an ending where you thought okay, you can breathe again. Okay.
1: Know. Whereas this is sort of full on as it? Well, it's quite, it's
0: you know, it's quite a tough read.
2: Okay. He doesn't know yet, though. He hasn't finished. It. No, no, no. no only halfway through. I'll get
1: back to you on that. I'm two thirds of the way through Max Hastings' Vietnam War book. It's a big book. Goodness me, it has been taking me about as long as the Vietnam War. It's just on, and on. I'm do- I'm basically doing a chapter a day. It's goodness me. Unless well, yeah. so you're
0: unemployed, you can read. Yeah, the yeah there you go. You see, nothing <laughs> to do during the day. Might as well <laughs> read
1: a bit of, bit of, of Max Vietnam Hastings. War.
0: Anyway, uh, it's uh, Adele. Very nice to see you again. Thank you for coming in. Adele Parks' Lies Lies has already number one like sold millions of copies. But just (laughs) while while we're discussing favourite books of the year, Mm. is there anything that has, you know, as you've been going through...
2: Stood out for me this year. Yeah, do you know what? I was asked, what have you enjoyed recently? But actually I read this in about... February, you know, we're getting towards the end of the year, and I would still say this was my favorite book of the year, which is Claire Mcintosh's latest, which is After the End. Really clever setup. Sounds very miserable. Bear with me because it's about a couple who have a child who's had a brain tumor and he's going to die, and it's a question of one of them thinks let's stop all care and be done, you know, be done with it, just make him as peaceful as possible, and the other parent thinks. No, we're going to do absolutely everything, all the experimental care we can. Sounds like an Adele Park book. To prolong the... She is beautiful. I would be very proud if it was one of my books. um, uh, To prolong his life. Uh, So far, so normal that it's kind of, you know, it's a a family dilemma. But what she does very cleverly is halfway through the book, there is a resolution that one of them gets their own way via a court. One of them gets their own way. And then we see a sort of sliding door moment. And we see both outcomes. That if one didn't get their own way, how would it turned out and if one did get their own way how did it turn out and so it's a bit like kind of the time traveler's wife at that point because you really need to concentrate but it's beautifully written and whilst it's such a hard topic I just just admired every single word on the page and it wasn't morbid or indulgent it was so precise and it's called after the end by Claire MacIntosh. yes it
0: is and it is very good and she is a she's a fabulous writer do you find when you are picking books up to read voluntarily in other words not someone you know you haven't been sent it by someone saying please can you give us a quote or your publisher saying oh you might be interested in this if you're actually doing what I did and spending your own money mm. do you tend to buy things that you think are similar to the area that you work in, or do you go uh, non-fiction or science, fan- science fiction, fantasy? or?
2: Well, it very much depends on my mood, really. I mean, I would say that, um, OK, a complete confession is the vast majority of the books I read are sent to me because, you know, I I, I review books, I go for quotes for books, etc., etc. So, obviously, I get loads and loads sent, and people send in my genre, and therefore it's actually quite refreshing when it's not in my genre because... I know how people in my genre think, because that's how I write, so I quite like re- reading something historical, or which I know I have done, but I'm not doing at the moment. so yeah, I'm but it's n- rarely nonfiction, it's nearly always fiction, although recently my husband said to me that the, the side of my brain that's like logical needs developing rude. <laughs> and um, uh, maybe I should read more nonfiction. Because, you know, that would work, Thanks for your advice there, pal. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, he's such a lovely man, but he's like, have you thought of this? I was like, yeah,
0: rude. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. all right. (laughs) I think the answer to that is, how many books have you sold? Yeah. (laughs) And your expertise is,
2: what? He is very logical, though, so, you know...
0: Uh, your book is lies, 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 and uh, we normally describe the cover. But I'm I realise that my copy and Matt's copy. Yeah, these isn't. are the ones you've for got the bit. proofs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they tell yeah, you yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just yeah. says
2: read it. Okay. So the cover is yes. quite dark. Adele it's, describes it. I'll yeah. do it for you. Do it. Do yeah. it yeah, yeah. It's quite dark it's got um a woman stood in the right hand corner um of the doorway and behind her is a home that's lit and in front of her is a wet road her 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 path her you know driveway um, she's got very shapely legs, I will say that, and um, the lies, 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 and big gold font on the front, sort of bang, bang, bang. Um, it's nice to have a bit of gold font. It means they've got confidence in you. Is that, what it? that what it means? Yeah. Oh,
1: getting so much insight
2: yeah, now. Yeah, really? that's on, what it means. Yeah, it's quite posh. They have to pay above and beyond. So Oh, really? Yeah, they're expecting to oh. sell a few.
0: Well, I've got a I've got a meeting next week about the artwork for my oh, next week. Wow. Yeah. So, if you don't see gold fonts. So, raised font. text raised
2: and gold font is raised what you're text Okay, I don't your get publisher's going to love me. And is it aren't your, toys is it right your name around.
0: in gold or the name? Doesn't it matter.
2: It's just the whole process of having to foil something <laughs> right. is a pain. That's what I want. Yep. I need want raised to... and I is want my it in name
0: in gold. gold? <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> why isn't it in gold? I want real gold as well. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> wanted yes. a richer gold than Adelebar. <laughs> <laughs> I just we found out online my, some... bu- my book. I thought my book's coming out in May, and I've just seen online it comes out in June.
2: What's all that about? Wow, that's outrageous. Is that a good thing
1: if it comes out in June as opposed to? Oh, I later. think
2: I think people just I think it's good they move you if they're moving you around they're looking for a good spot to bring you out and I think it's it, the only reason I said oh wow is it's a really awful way to find out yes. that you're moving anyway
0: they can make up for it by raised gold, gold and gold letters aren't aren't really everywhere nice.
2: everybody's going to be so cross with me that's right. me <laughs> in the uh, industry parting our ways so uh, first
0: of all I need to apologise because we were supposed to, we were supposed to do this. Uh, podcast a while back, and but I was Ill. I was a coffin so much yeah. that I just thought being you wouldn't have welcomed being in a small cubby hole. no, with, I mean normally a lovely
2: me. opportunity, Simon, but no,
0: so anyway, so we're a little bit le- so that's why we're slightly later than we would be within Adele Parks book because it's already been.
2: Yeah, it How came successful? out. Um, How w-
0: successful?
2: Well, it got a number one. Uh-oh. Oh,
0: Yay! number one! Number yeah, one. Yes, so that was exciting.
2: One. It was very exciting. So yeah, it came out September, and um, in the first half week, it got to number two, which I thought was really exciting. But I have to say, I thought, oh well, there we go. That's everybody bought it now. Then. And everyone's going, no, no, that means you'll get number one next week. I said, oh, I've been in this industry a long time. It probably doesn't. It probably means I'm number four. And then I did get the number one. But surely it must be because
1: won't there be loads of people who go into bookshops and they, when you know, like Waterstones and WH Smith, they do rank them. And so if you see yours near the top, I'd go to yours. They do,
2: and that's very lovely. But do you know they don't rank them in, they rank them individually per retailer. So oh, right. it's not true across the board. So you can be a number one across the country. You kind of physically sold more than anyone else, and you can walk into a retailer and see yourself at number twenty. We're
1: getting so much insight. Sorry, today. I this mean, is, is that like, more? Yeah. Into, is that good so information secrets. to have?
2: No, it but um, but that's because they do it on their own sales. Okay, you know, so it's not okay. it's not crooked or anything. It's just like this is our sale in X shop. This is how many we've sold. This is where it ranks in our shop. Which you know, fair enough. I suppose in a way, it keeps things. A little bit more balanced. Now, you don't
0: need to do this because this is your 19th book. It is. is it? Uh, uh, and it's number one. But in, in the earlier days, did members of your, of your extended family sort of go into bookshops and just make sure that
2: it was <laughs> Oh, we still, do that. <laughs> we still do that. We are not above a bit of like shuffling. You're not meant to do it. You do not- Here's another thing I'm kind of confessing across the nation. No, you're not meant to move them, but I get lovely little texts of all my friends and family saying, yeah, I've been in X shop and I've just moved them. And I'm like, thank you.
1: I can't remember who we told really me We really recommend and then yeah. you <laughs> out, yeah. that book but yours. Yeah. I can't remember who but told Mollet me there's, there's, there's someone who would go into bookshops and offer to um, sign copies of his book so that those books couldn't then be sent back to the oh, publisher. Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. A signed book is a
1: sold yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a sort of means of making sure that it was still in the charts.
2: Yes, but to be fair, that must mean his books were in the shops.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, they and were. There. Therefore,
2: him signing yeah. them probably does help to sell them. Yeah, because even if you're not a fan of that particular author, you might be a collector of signed books. Mm. So they do sell a little bit quicker if they're signed. Okay, it's not me? just that they can't go back.
0: <laughs> anyway, I I, I realise that we haven't actually uh, you described about the, book. the cover, but sorry, uh, explained it's already been number one, so we're catching up here. But tell us about lies, 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 and tell us about.
2: Yeah, it's about this couple, um, as you mentioned, Daisy and Simon. They've been together 17 years, so a solid couple, been through quite a lot. Um, The two obvious things they've been through is from day one that they got married, they wanted children, and their first and only child didn't come along until 12 years into their marriage. By that time, they tried all sorts of treatments, conventional medical treatments, less conventional treatments in, um, in desperation, and it has taken a toll on their marriage. Um the toll is the second thing they're dealing with, which is Simon has always had a propensity to drink. And whilst going through all the treatments, he starts to drink a lot more and actually is what we would recognise as a functioning alcoholic. We meet them when their one and only daughter is, this isn't a spoiler, it's the first couple of chapters. Uh, we meet them when their one and only daughter is five years old. Daisy's very content. I mean, I think she thinks she's got enough on a plate with Simon's kind of teetering on alcoholism and the the young child. She thinks, enough's enough. Haven't we done well? We had this miracle baby. Let's leave it alone. Simon, however, is somebody who likes highs or lows and he's pushing for a second child because he thinks he'd like to give his daughter everything, including a sibling. Um, And that's a genuine social pressure. We have an only child and we know for many years people would say to us, when are you having another? We're the same, yeah, 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 yeah. All, the time, all the time, all the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. as though you are you happy with a lonely, yeah, lonely. Yeah, yeah. He's not lonely, but mm. we might be. No, really, he's mm. fine. So we had, so that's kind of played into. It, I think anyway. Simon takes himself off to an IVF clinic, best in the country. Spends money they don't really have, and there seems to be some confusion over his notes because he's told that five years on there is absolutely no chance of him ever fathering another child, and more that he never has.
0: So, wow.
2: Yeah. So, somebody's told a bit of a porky, haven't they? (laughs) So,
0: where has daughter Millie come from?
2: Exactly. So, that's the first lie. It is called Lies, Lies, Lies. There's plenty of them. There's lots of twists and turns. It's actually, it's about this couple that both wanted a family so desperately. What was the lens they're prepared to go to? And obviously, I mentioned he's a functioning alcoholic. He functions ever so slightly less after that news. Um, And he actually, the family that he was trying to hold together, he... You know, he puts under massive threat,
0: and it ta- it it goes over three years. Yes, um, and and we get a chapter from Simon. That's right. Okay, and we get and can you just explain a little bit how you've done first person and third person? Yeah, so Daisy's
2: first person. So it's chapter by chapter, Daisy Simon, and I love doing that because I think it's one of the joys of being a writer. You get to be more people than you actually are. I mean. I'm 50 already and I've only been me, so it's quite a joy to write. That is why I write, so I can be other people. So in a book, I quite like doing different viewpoints. Um, So I gave Daisy first person, and I did that on purpose because I think Daisy's quite blinkered, actually. I mean, we're very sympathetic to her because she's the one who's had the infertility. She's, um, you know, uh, got this alcoholic husband although we become less sympathetic, I suppose, once we find out that the baby isn't his. But um, she is blinkered. And so I wanted that first person because I think all of us are to some extent blinkered. I mean, writers try and be empathetic. We try our best, but we're all quite blinkered. Um, I put Simon in third person because, and I can't tell you why, but his circumstances mean he's in quite an isolated situation. And I thought if he was in first person too, his narrative would be quite boring. So his it's his viewpoint, but it's from third person so that we can give a more omnipresent, omnipotent view of things so it was I, thought through it wasn't just right th- I think
1: what I enjoyed most and you've touched on it there really um what I enjoyed most about the book and I remember reading this this summer is how much your sympathies swing between the two of them because you do you, you're right you start off uh, absolutely um in Daisy's corner then switch to Simon, then back to Daisy's and I thought that they it really felt it felt to me as well very much like a story of, of redemption. Of, of, uh, for, for both of these, this is no spoiler at all. Both of those, Daisy and Simon, and other people within the story tell lies. Yes. As indeed do we all. Yes. And this, this brings me to, to, to my, question really, which is I, so I've just finished um, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, uh, which uh, hopefully we're going to get him on, on the podcast in, in an upcoming episode, but he talks about how bad we are at being able to spot liars, mm. and how to spot when someone is telling lies mm. and and yet it's something that we all think we can do, we all think, oh right are you? and so, you know, someone sort of you know, touching their mouth or, you know, won't look you in the eye or whatever, and clearly those are things that uh, are are tells yeah. they are tells but if you know that then here's a, here's a tip. If you're telling a lie, don't, don't touch do your mouth. Yeah. don't Make sure you keep eye contact, that kind of thing. And I wondered whether that was something that you were thinking about as you were writing this book as far as how we tell lies to each other, particularly to people that we love, people that are really close
2: to yeah, us. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I know I can tell a good lie. Obviously, I write fiction for a living. You know, I'm, I'm meant to be able to make things up and make things plausible, et cetera, et cetera. So for me personally, the way I distinguish between my Fiction in my work life and my private life is I try and be really honest, which can I tell you makes you relatively unpopular a lot of the time, um, <laughs> because being blunt or honest isn't always the best. My husband is one of those people that really can't tell a lie. Well, certainly not to me. I find him—he might as well have like a bubble above his head saying, yeah. "I'm lying to you now," <laughs> and he does have a tell. He blinks when, um, and we we now ask him, and he sort of has to hold his eyes opening in this way because you've told Because we've him that told that. him, he blinks. <laughs> so. So now we know that if he holds his eye open in a natural way, he's also lying to (laughs) us. So um, I don't know if he's worked that out. Uh, But we do tell lies, and some of them are well-intended-ish. They're nearly always to protect yourself. You might pretend, oh, I'm doing this to protect someone else. You are nearly always, 95% of the time, telling a lie to protect yourself. Um, But
0: there are lies that you tell... To keep things together, you know, yes, you there could are. say I'm not going to say that because I realise the implications a lot of saying hurt. Well, I did have it. We'll, yeah. we'll so there are good lies.
2: Yeah, yeah, there are. But inevitably, if you are the person who finds finds out you've been lied to, there's quite often that moment. You know, this isn't in the book, but I have come across this situation where somebody's terribly ill and they decide not to tell their their nearest and dearest because they think they don't need to know that. And actually, that's your decision, isn't it? If you're ill. Um, But if you're the person not trusted with that information and then you have a a sudden bereavement or something like that, it's a lot harder. Oh, it can be because you think, well, why didn't they trust me? Why didn't they let me support them? Why didn't they? So it's always complicated. But, you know, it's childish to say, I'll be honest, I think it's childish to say telling the truth is always the best policy. It's not always the best policy. That said, the world we're currently in, I think a few of us would quite (laughs) like a little bit of truth now and then. Um, I don't know. It was really interesting plotting the lies in this book because, you know, I had Daisy in first person. She knows she's lying to herself to an extent, Um, but she can't tell the reader. I don't want the reader to know for a while what the nature of her lies are. And she doesn't know everybody else is caught on. She doesn't know how quickly Simon has caught her out. So that was quite fun plotting that um you know that tangled web we weave
0: when you say plotting the lies do you because this is a tangled story and there's a limit to what we can say beyond these these first few chapters in terms of what happens to 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 the various uh players that we have have here do you have a, a separate sheet of paper or a separate bit on your computer where you literally know what you're going to reveal at which point or do you let you know, no, I'm taking. a
2: planner. Um, so I've always—I was told very early on in my career, know where you're ending, what your ending is going to be, then every word will work harder. And I think that's true, and it's certainly true of a domestic noir, a psychological thriller, whatever you want to call this genre. So I have an old school notebook for each one of my novels, and I write out before I start. I spend a couple of months planning character and plot. So when I say planning, starting with let's start with plot. So planning plot, I will work out what happens, almost chapter by chapter. I mean that might move a little bit, but not much. And then so I think right. So this is going to happen, and it's going to be a book about these themes, and this kind of thing is going to happen. Who's the worst person this could happen to? Who would it affect the most? Because um, some people would deal with alcoholism in a different way to Daisy or some people would um, deal with infertility in a different way to Simon. So I wanted to develop their characters so that it's a really big bang for them. Um, and so then I do this practice whereby I interview my characters. I have a literally a set of questions and I take them through A lot of questions, things like, who's your favourite sibling? What's your first memory? Who's disappointed you most This Is written down,
0: this interview? All
2: Mm. written down, by hand, in this big book. And then, honestly, that would be the most boring book if I then told you, oh, Daisy's favourite sibling is. But if ever I'm stuck and I think, right, she needs to be talking to someone now, who would she talk to? I go back through my notes and think, ah, well, she wouldn't talk to so-and-so because that was the biggest disappointment of her life. But she might talk to so-and-so because she trusts them the most. Um, I'll make that happen. And when that you the interview character your
0: characters, forward. is it always the same questions? Or uh, are there largely, some questions in every single book?
2: They uh, Largely, I ask the same questions because um, they've been honed and uh, some I've sort of thought, oh, that's less useful.
0: What's your most useful question?
2: A uh, really crazy one, but sometimes, it, I don't know if it's the most useful one that came to my head. I do work out what star sign they are. <laughs> Do you love that? Because it's so bonkers. I didn't see that one coming. No, because it's so bonkers. There's a couple of reasons for it. You do need to know when your character's birthdays are, because if they have a birthday during your plot, that needs to happen. You need to know ages for things, et cetera. But I quite like knowing their star signs, because it gives you, if you believe in such stuff, which, by the way, I don't, but I know people do, it gives you a whole set of character traits, Hand- handed to you, and you kind of go, Okay, I don't really believe it, but Capricorns are practical, sensible, down to earth home lovers. You think, Okay, I'll use that. That's my starting point for what this person's going to but, be like. But
1: you're when you're interviewing this character and asking them what their star sign is, that's you telling you, Oh,
2: yeah, I'm not mad I'm enough to think that they are, they are answering my questions. I know <laughs> I am answering my questions. Um, so yeah, I do, I do hold the control still. I think
1: that's really, it's really interesting the, the, what you've just said, that, that whole idea of, of planning out these characters and, but the, the idea that you would start with the plot because I know when we've spoken to other writers and I th- I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm, I'm right on this that when uh, we've asked Ian Rankin about his process he doesn't know he doesn't know at the start where this is going, yeah. And often will say, "I didn't see that coming either." So when we've talked to him about a twist, yeah, no, I didn't see that and coming. It, it and
2: it he... didn't turn out too badly for him. No, no, it? no, it <laughs> no it's it's all right. It. But, but um... so
1: it was really interesting to see the, those different processes because clearly it's working for you. As totally.
2: Well. And actually, you could, I. I do panels and things with a number of authors and over the years I've heard people that say yep I do it exactly the same way as Adele and others that look horrified and say no absolutely not, it takes all the fun out of it, it's not what I want to do at all the truth is there are many many ways of tackling being a novelist Um, and I think I'm more plot driven with psychological thrillers because they do tend to hinge around a reveal or a twist whatever you want to call it but some sort of rug pull um and therefore i need to be confident about my plotting it works for me but i'm a control freak you see that would be the first thing if you were interviewing me on my characterization that would be that would come out so i think i just feel comfortable with it
0: control i mean i wrote down some of the things that are sort of uh integral to this book alcoholism infertility control dementia which yeah. is we haven't talked about but The controlling tendency, therefore, is something that you write about with (laughs) great knowledge and understanding.
2: Totally. I mean, my real friends, you know, they don't behave like characters. They ask my advice, ignore it. (laughs) Um, You know, whereas characters and being a novelist is you don't I don't think I realized when I became a novelist. I just wanted to be a novelist. I don't think I, I think I was very young and I hadn't really understood why it appealed to me. But one of the reasons it appeals to me is I am very much in control of a world where in our real world, we're not really always in control. I mean, we shouldn't be. You, it's a bit weird. Um, so, But actually, when I'm plotting and, and controlling characters, I can give people more or less what I believe their just desserts are. Um, I can sort out... I can maybe put them in very trying, difficult circumstances, but I can retrieve them from that. Where in real life you can see very bad things happen to very lovely people and do nothing about it, not be able to do anything about it.
0: Yes. In fact, when Matt was talking about in ranking, I was just thinking Lee Child, who I think is gonna be on this pod fairly shortly with his with his new book, Blue Moon. He's another one who says he sits in front of the he opens his computer turns his computer on and he just starts. And that's wow. it. And he has and does no plotting. At all. And clearly it's worked out very well for him, which just underlines the point you were making that there's no correct way. There's no correct
2: way. And it also does depend what else is going on in your life. So I've done 19 books in 19 years, and my kid's 19 years old. So I think mine was very much about okay, today I've got two days' childcare. I better sit down. So there wasn't the kind of oh, let's see where the muse takes me. Let's see how much space and time I've got today. I'd be like, no, you've got to write 4,000 words in two days. Let's get cracking. So I think it's also to do with, you you know, your work process and the other commitments in your world.
0: Um, There's one other aspect that I just wanted to hear your thoughts about, and that is you said that Simon is a functioning alcoholic, Mm. but it's, it's almost one of the scariest things in the book. Is how delusional he is. Yes, and just getting inside the mind of someone like that was terrifying. Where did where did you go to? I mean, obviously a lot of it is from inside your head and your imagination, but
2: where's the research? This, this is
0: incredible. If I felt incredibly informed by what I was reading, mm.
2: thank you. Um, Okay, I think we all have a really complex relationship with alcohol and particularly in Britain, I think it's a thing we haven't quite got our heads around. And whether that's you completely abstain, which actually for enough my husband does, and my sister, neither of them drink anything ever at all. Or whether um, you quite like a drink and you look forward to it and you think that's gonna be that's gonna be part of my night. Or whether you don't understand that you're the most boring, annoying person because you just drink too much, you might, because uh, in Simon's case, he might uh, fall to sleep at a dinner party or he might get on the table and take his trousers off or he might pee in the corner because he thinks that's the loo and it's not, it's a cupboard. Those things are unacceptable and most of us looking on can see that. Um but I think, I mean, the, our relationship with alcohol is changing. I think in my generation, people didn't think they were kind of having a good time unless they were absolutely plastered. And there was a huge pressure to drink. I think there's a little bit less of that pressure with millennials. They're very aware of being fit. Um, they they work really hard and need to be up the next day. We sort of used to laugh about our long lunches and all that kind of thing, and alcohol. I I have felt very uncomfortable with alcohol on and off throughout my life because i know i black out with alcohol now i can black out with two glasses of wine wow. i know i know we well, i'm not tall and i'm not big so i you know but i can and do and it was really odd we've uh, because i when we still had sort of lunches where you might have a glass of wine i would come home and think gosh i can't remember exactly what we agreed there and that, you know, and this was good 10, 15 years ago. So there's, there's no reason I should. And I, more I researched it, people would say, yeah, you can be allergic to types of alcohol. You, it just is other things. It can have that effect on your brain. So, and you'll love this, guys. Um, I now only drink champagne.
0: This is... is
1: Isn't this gold? Do you have to tell this story every time? Every time. I'm afraid I can only drink champagne And everyone's really
2: concerned for me and they're looking... It's a health thing. (laughs) Yeah, and they're all looking at me all like, oh, we're really, really worried because you black out. And I go, yeah, but I don't black out with champagne. No, I think (laughs) there's (laughs) a...
0: And also not any old champagne. I don't want the co-op champagne. (laughs) Bollinger, thank you very much.
2: But you know, it's absolutely true. I don't know if it's because it's bubbly, you can't get volume down you. But as I say, even with wine, it could just be two glasses. I don't know if it's because it's self-selective, you can't drink it all the time because obviously it's not available all the time. I don't know. But I don't black out or have memory loss with... Um, champagne but i do with other alcohol um we've we've worked out of a reasonable toler- tolerance for margaritas too which is Hang on. quite pe- i know <laughs> i'm just I mean, picking drinks i like where's it
1: the venn diagram of margaritas one. i can only have
2: one and um, two i I'm, i literally can't remember and that's that's quite low just one, I think. Point <laughs> of, one I pint one pint of have. margarita really
1: expensive tequila
0: but that's it that's know, all i can have but it's
2: probably to do with the process of how it's made isn't it so yeah. do you th- so so
0: Simon came still is still a work of your imagination that you Yeah
2: I mean you... I went on as I always do with any characters uh, that I'm giving them an issue I then go online and I go into forums I tell them who I am and what I'm doing and say do you mind me being here because obviously if you're in a forum for support of somebody with alcohol problems you maybe don't want a nosy novelist but invariably people going through difficult and lonely and hard times which if you're supporting someone with alcoholism, then that is you, want to talk to you about their story. And so I got a number of people coming to find me through social media and saying, oh, I understand you're writing about this. This happened to me. Or, or And even when I've been promoting, there's n- quite often somebody who hangs back at the back of an event. And I just think, you're going to tell me. You've, mm-hmm. And they quite often tell me they've like lost someone to alcohol you know it's it's that severe and i know that they just need that moment of connecting because it's a very lonely place to be
0: what's, what's interesting about alcohol and lying is that uh, i interviewed helen mirren for this new film that she's done with Ian mccallum good liar mm. and the opening sequence of that film they're both separately they're filling in a form um, uh, like an online dating form and one of them is lying about whether they smoke and the other one is lying about whether they drink and so they're both lying at the, at the same time and Helen said I've been asked all day about whether I'm a good liar or not She said, I just realized of course I lie about alcohol you know when you're filling in a form how many units have you... oh, I just had a
2: nobody two says
0: two or three units yeah. mm-hmm. a week and that's what we lie about I mean Matt Do you lie
1: about your alcohol? I I don't really, because I don't, I mean, this is going to sound like a lie, but I really don't. Champagne and (laughs) tequila are all I can drink. I I don't really drink that much. I really, I mean, like, uh, you know no more than like four or five units a week. That's, that's what that's I it. put on, that, yeah, on I my Yeah, I know, floor. I know, it sounds From like a lie. Have
2: ever pretended you drink more?
1: Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah, see, yeah. so yeah. I
2: will root out the lie. Because yeah. I think people sometimes do that, that because it's seen as kind of quite laddish to drink quite a lot and quite you know, masculine and sporty and in with the crowd. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. A lot of people yeah. pretend they drink a bit more than they do now, which is, is yeah. also bonkers. Yeah. So you see I've caught you out. You
0: have. <laughs> you have. Well Matt, have done. you got anything else for Adele? Um, I,
2: I, right I tell you, well,
1: <laughs> the, the, the only <laughs> other thing that I did want to talk about is obviously we've, we've spoken about how uh, Daisy and Simon, uh, good good parts and bad parts of both their characters. And, I, and obviously the most interesting books to read are always ones we have got gradations of grey uh, between those characters. However, there is one character that we meet that straight away we know you're a bad'un, uh, and that's Daryl. Uh, and this uh, we don't need to talk about who Daryl is, but you know he's a badden because A, he's good-looking, male and rich. And when those three <laughs> things come together in any book I've read, it's always like, oh, we're going to look out for oh, you, sunshine
2: man. Yes. You never know. No, I, I see what you say. That's quite interesting. But it's interesting because in genres I've... So my early genres were, you know, romantic comedies and actually that signalled he's the one.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Good looking and rich. Yeah. Well,
2: but in domestic good noir, noir he's trouble. He's, he's trouble. trouble. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Well spotted.
0: Yeah. Um, Adele, what do, what do you, I know you've already finished your, your, your next have. book. What's that?
2: Um, okay, it's called Just My Luck. And that's coming out um, next summer.
0: Organised, planned, Mm. controlled. And at the moment
2: I'm proofreading it. I hate proofreading. I'm rubbish at proofreading. Uh, It's just not my strength at all. Luckily there is a proper professional proofreader to do the job. Um, And I'm just meant to say, yes, I definitely think it should be a semicolon rather than a colon. Who knows? Who
0: knows? I don't know. Who knows? Know. Yeah, 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 So stressful. Have it another, is stressful. Have another class. <laughs> Adele I don't remember? latest number one bestseller is Lies, Lies, Lies. Adele, thank you very much.
2: Thank you so much.
0: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
2: Hi, I'm Dori Shafriar, and along with Kate Spencer, I host Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. Join us every Wednesday with guests like author Phoebe Robinson, chef Samin Nosrat, actress Busy Phillips, and even former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. On Mondays and Fridays, we have mini-episodes where we answer listeners' questions on everyday problems like how useful a butt mask really is, how to deal with a petty friend, or how to relax after a long day. So join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Forever 35, where we're not experts, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums.
1: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.